This is the final word daily. India, Australia, fourth test in Ahmedabad. Jeff Lemon and Adam Collins who has to tell you all about day three in the space of 30 seconds. In the end, it felt a lot like day one in terms of the scoreline. Australia kept India. I say kept India. They should have done better, I reckon. Three for 253. But that reflects how well Australia bowled in the middle of session especially and also just how extraordinarily well Shubman Gill batted racing to his first century in India. Had support from... Chiteshwa Pajara who made 42, Kohli who passes 50 for the first time in India against Australia for 16 innings in over a decade. Uh, they get to 191 behind by the close of play, 3 for 289, which means that India, if they wish, can push the game ahead tomorrow. They've laid a foundation. Also the first time in 16 innings uh, all up that Kohli's passed 50. Uh, it's been more than a right. year since he crossed 50 in the format, a couple of 40s. He's made a start in 14 of those 16 innings, only two single-figure scores. Um, but people talked about the 100 drought, the 50 drought was also starting to mount. Yep. So he's got past that. And we might as well start there because that's what people are going to be thinking about when they resume tomorrow. Um, and I'm sure if he gets to 100, then automatically all of the people who don't like the way he goes about things will say, ah, oh, it doesn't count, flat track, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, and if he doesn't get there, they'll say that that's even more reason that he's no good. But he's still there. He's past 50, not out. He looks good for the entire innings that he played aside from the first four balls just yes. before the break. Inside edge that nearly carried to short leg, outside edge that nearly carried to slip. And then pretty much everything after that, he was calm and in control. Yeah, my sense at T was that he's a bit rusty and that's, that's not an unreasonable conclusion. Because he's been really unlucky through the series, he hasn't been able to play a long innings. And talking to Ravi Shastri about it today, he's one of many Indian players who don't play domestic Red Bull cricket. So there is a, you made the point a couple of weeks ago that just because you're on a flat track doesn't mean that it's gonna come easily to you. And yep. I think Coley's experiencing at the moment, but he Especially had a chance. if you haven't been playing on them up to that point. Yeah. So if you played on three flat tracks in a row, then you're much more likely to be able to really take toll of the conditions. Yeah, and Jared Kimber's analysis on his substack that went into the decline in Indian averages over the last three years as the pitches have become more and more challenging, it all stands to reason. In saying all of that, I probably want to qualify my first comment about India could have done better today. If they wished, they could have been more aggressive, but the other side of it is 37 degrees, um, and now borrowing from Harsha this time, you're playing the conditions as much as you're playing the opposition side. You know, mm. you've got to try and make sure that as a batting team, you can stay cool, stay collected, and that is managing the way you go about your, your acquisition of runs. And they did so in a pretty methodical way. One for 91 in the first session, which included Shubham and Rohit really going after Mitchell Stark to begin. I think they struck four boundaries in the first three Stark overs, something like that. Mm -hmm. A six from Rohit over deep backwards square. When they set the trap for him, he's like, I don't care, I'll just hit it into the crowd. Doesn't bother me. I don't care. Honey Badger don't care. Like, like the, Honey um, Badger is also Rohit Sharma. <laughs> yeah, like the Rohit Sharma of one day cricket, when they always set two men yeah. back and he always hit sixes with that booming hook slash pull shot of his. So they were all set. Then Rohit gets out. It's probably the only moment of the day when Indian fans threw their head back in dismay because sure. it was a half-tracker and so did he a half-tracker from Koonaman or near enough placed to Marnus Labashain. I was kind of stunned that Labashain took it because he he takes the tough ones and sometimes can drop the easier ones but he made no mistake there Koonaman gets in the book funny shot you know back foot yeah. punch he's sort of just hanging back and just pops it in the air you know and on commentary at the time I was like 
I'm pretty sure he's caught that, but it just looked like the sort of shot that should have gone on the bounce. It was like, no, no, he's actually out here. Um, had to double take, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, you had to think about it because it just looked so easy and so simple that you thought, well, that couldn't he couldn't have just hit that straight to him. That's not what would have happened. Just misjudged it. Rohit Sharma yeah. bashes the bat into his pad and you're like, okay, he is out, you know, and off he goes for the long It's like one of those caught and bowls where it kind of yeah. a player gets squared up and they end up like defending it back to the... Chipping it back. Yeah, chipping yeah. it back. That, that's how it felt. That's why it took a while to register what had happened. But then, you know, Shubman paced his innings really well, gets to 50 with this mm-hmm. you know, glorious shot to get there. Uh, and the way that he played after that was that he kind of dragged it back a gear. It felt like he was of the view that he wanted to bat all day and he wanted to make sure that he got the monkey off the back about making a century at home. Did so just before T with that mm-hmm. kind of, I guess it was a sweep shot of sorts over his left shoulder. It, it was a it, sweep it, shot of sorts, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not exactly sure. I don't think he was trying to play it that fine. He was trying to play it a little squarer, but he did deliberately get down on one knee and look to come up underneath it and lift it. It's just that it was up near the splice of the bat and so it went very fine and ended up rolling away for four. He's so fine. But the field they had to him at that point when Murphy's bowling, it was 7-2, seven, 7 on the leg side. You know, side. you wish you were mine. Oh, yeah. 7-2 lakeside field. A lot What's of that going today. On? What's going on with that? A lot. When, when Murphy's bowling, they've got like a leg slip in, they've got a short leg, they've got mid-wicket, they've got like three out in the deep. They, they, have, they have literally backward point and a sort of wide mid-off on the offside and that was it. Asked Daniel Vittori about it after mm, play mm. and he said it was from watching Ashwin. They were like, well, we All thought right. we want to encourage, like what if we try to get players sweeping and what if we bowl around about leg stump? They were thinking about the green dismissal, which Ashwin said was an accident, but they were thinking, well, what if we get... What if we target that as a plan? Yeah, what, if, one, yeah. what if we try to, you know, because everybody's going to want to play that when you're bowling it out there. They'll think, I just need to get something on it. And in the end, Shubman Gill did just get something on it. He did. But it was interesting the way it worked. Lyon was bowling with a more regular off-spinner's field. And at the other end, the other off-breaker is coming around the wicket and bowling out, not outside leg stump, but sort of at leg stump with all those fielders in place. Yeah, it's a reminder that Murphy's a very different bowler to Lyon as well. Like We keep seeing examples of this. Where Murphy! Murphy! Where Murphy, Murphy. bowled around the wicket. And, and he bowled a lot more over the wicket, actually. Uh, Murphy compared to usual mm-hmm. online change angles fairly regularly too and, and that was um, in Smith's captaincy as well he was proactive he did oh, I thought you said um, Ian Smith's captaincy Ian, that would be was cool that, was he out there that'd be cool if Smithy was here I'd, I'd love to see him <laughs> uh, but no the way that Smith was willing to he, he described it to us between test matches as um, a game of chase the ball so wherever the ball went he'd place a field up and like I, I which get, they've criticised captains for forever mind you yeah but he, he was doing it in a way that was trying to get in the head of Pajara last week at right. Indoor so we saw a little bit of that today with Pajara as you say the 7-2 field mm. around the wicket giving him yep. all of the offside to work with occasionally scoring runs in that direction but for the most part the, the patience required in that middle session it reminded me a little bit it's, it's a, it's a You've got to squint at it, but remind me a little bit of A.B. de Villiers and Hashim mm. Amla at Port Elizabeth in, in 2018 when they had to get through a session of reverse swing um, from Hazelwood and Cummins mostly, I think it was, and it was yep. top-notch reverse swing. And the, they got through it because they made the decision they simply weren't going to get out. There were like 45 runs scored in that session. Yeah, it was, was it Elgar batting with Amla in that I session? I think it was maybe. Elgar and de Villiers because it was yep. de Villiers' Elgar skill to get through that's it. That's right. And, and, and Amla, Amla batted for part. Yeah, they were all involved. They were all involved. And the, and the point is, is that um, sometimes you just have to accept the other side's bowling well to you. And, mm. and India made a good call of when they went, when they didn't, when they pushed, when they pulled. And, you know, 
I'm just so happy that Shubham Gill yeah. is another 23-year-old delivering on the promise. There are so many expectations of him. Shastri said today he'll be the next captain of India. Big call, but I love it. I suppose that's on the basis that Rohit will do it for a fair while now. He's relatively new to the job. But, you know, the idea of Shubham, big, tall, graceful player, so assertive through the offside, shimmies down the track with the best of them. He's got mm -hmm. the white ball shots. We saw that double ton he made in one-day cricket recently. He opened up the offside inside 20 minutes this morning. He's, you know, front foot's going out to mid-wicket to open up the offside. Now, you would never see that from yep. a guy who's been brought up purely on a diet of Red Bull cricket, but it's working for him right now. And, and I do feel like this will be a bit of a monkey off the back moment because he has struggled in India today. 124 in a T20 as well recently. That's yep. India's highest score in a T20. And that so, was here. So he's got the double ton in 50 overs, the highest score in 20 overs. Yep. And now his second 100 here made one in Bangladesh in December, so a couple in quick succession. Despite being left out, you can't imagine he'll be left out again anytime soon. No. But then again, he is an Indian opening bat, so they well, do tend to chop and change. Well, this kind of goes to the point I touched on before about Indian averages declining over the last few years. If pitches are more like last week, and I don't want to get into pitch chatter or some of the comments yesterday, you know, we're not interested. What I'm saying is, is that if the pitches are like last week, players will continue to find it harder to score runs. It's purely, it's just a, yeah. it's just a fact. You, you can't argue with the, the fact that pitches like this week will be easier to score runs no. on, and there is a natural bias to turning tracks in India, heavily turning tracks in India right now. Not always, but at the moment they're in fashion. They're, they're, the result pitches excessively turning result mm. pitches are in fashion. So if they play on pitches more like this, then averages will naturally go up. It's a push-pull thing again. So Shubman Gill, a Gujarat Titan, becomes a Titan of Gujarat Very good. with 100 today. And I mean, I just want to take a moment for the aesthetics. You know how everybody has that thing where they gush about left-handers in cricket? Oh, left-handers. Oh, they look so much better. Oh, a left-handed cover drive. Oh, la-di-da. He's like the right-handed version of a left-hander. <laughs> Everything he does looks great. I mean, aside from when he's charging down the track and being clean bowled to one that keeps low. But when he plays, the shots that he's playing, and because everything hit the middle of the bat just about, and he plays unorthodox kind of shots. He plays, he, he stands up and there's an economy of movement. He'll stand up tall and play a little back foot punch that just goes away through cover. He'll do a little one to the other side. That one where he took the ball off the top of the bounce and just, just punched it to the onside yep. and it went away through wide long on for four like how is that possibly going for four you know and then he the one he smacks lying down the ground over the bowler's head to go from 92 to 96 you know it was like there were so many shots where when they're played you you go oh and you sit up and you really pay attention yeah the one he went to 50 on on commentary i called it the cover drive and again i'm borrowing a lot from my co-commentators today but harsh is like it's not quite a cover drive he's up tall and it's just all timing and it's not like kind of um, trying to think of a comparison. It's not Mark War on the balls of his feet pushing through extra cover with a, an economy of movement. It, it's a bit different to that. It's more strength through the forearms. Yeah. The bat is more vertical. Uh, sorry, horizontal rather. Yeah. Get my verticals and horizontals right. It's, it's more Diagonal. horizontal in, it, in, its, in its shape, yeah. but yet he still manages to hit the ball down. Mm. Not like Joe Root hitting it down behind point, but in front of point, well yep. in front of point. Yep. And it has the same effect as a cover drive. But yeah, his bat speed's so quick, his forearms are clearly so strong, his wrists are so nimble, and his timing's so sweet. Put that together, and I agree with you. He's already one of the most attractive batters in the world to watch. We were being told the story about how his dad used to throw balls at him in a, in a hallway, and so he, he didn't have any room on either side, and he had to learn to play it down. Oh, right. Shorter balls at the body, learn how to play them down into the ground, and whether that might have been I, an influence. I always, I always love those origin stories. If mm. you like stories like that, our friend Steve Kinane wrote a book called First Test about this very thing, mm -hmm. about the players, their backyards, and what they grew up in, and yep. how they developed their game, and it sounds like there should be a chapter on Shubham Gill. Mornay Morkel in the dog pen at the top of his mark he had to walk one way and then turn around yes, because yes. because that was he grew up in a 
place where there wasn't enough room, his, his run-up had to do a U-turn halfway through, which is particularly difficult. So, yeah, gorgeous innings from Shubman Gill. Um, Pajara is, is, just does Pajara things, faces yeah. 120-plus balls to make 42. Uh, 121, to be precise. Oh, there we go. Always got it written down. Yeah, always almost got it remembered, but not quite. Um, he, he was coming down the wicket. He played a couple of aggressive shots down the ground. He was ticking off singles coming down the pitch, just doing Pajara stuff, basically yep. coming down to the spin. The same sort of play. Pajara that, that down we've the track seen. defense, Pajara down the yep. track kicks away, Pajara down the track clips to midwicket. Clips I mean, to mid it's just the, it is just the, you know, you can almost uh, set and forget on comms yep. when dealing with Pajara. I've got no problem with it. I love Jateshwa Pajara, but um, there is a formula he applies yep. to Australian spin. And and it's 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 Murphy, isn't it? Who, who comes yep. around the wicket and gets, you know, a little bit more round arm and he gets one floating in. It turns beautifully directly down the Line, it's hitting the middle of middle stump, um, and this could, Nagpur-esque. this could this could preempt Hall of Fame. But the bloody reviewing, the reviewing of <laughs> batters who are LBW and given out, and they always send it upstairs. Pajara, that's hitting the middle of middle stump. Shubman Gill, that's hitting the middle of middle stump. Both of them send them upstairs. It is such a waste of time, and it's really frustrating me that because they've got three reviews in hand, they go, oh, yeah, I just have a little, yeah, why not? Have a little flutter at that. Let's petition like, to get rid of the third review. It, get rid of the second. Like, <laughs> bugger it. Give them one. If you, if you know it's wrong, then you send it yeah, up. Well, look, I would say that knowing anything uh, definitively when you're the fielding side is very tough. But yeah. I, think two worked so well for, I think two worked well for a long time and two would be a, a suitable place to readjust it. Remembering the reason we've got three is because there's technically a home umpire serving in every test. I think the term home umpire is garbage. That um, yep. It implies some degree of bias to the home which, side. Which, and it, which it used to it be. It used to be. I because mean, they used back, to be amateurs who would just come well, and do a they, test they, they were appointed by the home board, yeah. crucially. Yeah. They're now appointed by the ICC. They're judged by a very strict matrix. They're and not they're professionalised. And they're not going to run the run the risk of losing their job because they grew up supporting one side or another. It's implausible that would happen, notwithstanding yeah. some of the, the gibberish you see on the internet sometimes when they see a decision go away that fans don't like. So I, I, I do want to pivot to the Hall of Fame. And that Hall of Fame is for Visit Victoria and Visit Melbourne. Yes. And I want to tell you about a little thing that happened today and get into it this okay. way. So, um, again, my third mention of Harsha, sorry, got to do it. He was talking about his days mm -hmm. as a youth disc jockey in the early 80s oh. in India. For those who are from Australia, he was effectively on the Triple J arm of all India radio spinning tracks. Wow. So I brought up the charts. He was talking about his favourite Olivia Newton-John songs and all the rest of it. Okay. It, was, it was a very entertaining What are they passage. spinning this week on Triple J Nagpur? I, exactly, okay. on, on all India radio. And I described him as the Francis Leach of, uh, of, of India because, of course, Francis, friend of ours, uh, performed that role on Triple J. When we were kids growing up, I'll always think of him kind of as a, a Triple J guy. And Francis, I sent it on to him, and he sent me back the most wonderful thing. He found a puzzle in a market in Castlemaine this morning. And I remember when I went to the Castlemaine market, mm -hmm. it must be the most gorgeous place to go on a Saturday morning in all of Victoria. When you visit Victoria and you fly into Melbourne, there is so much to see. You spoke about the fairy penguins yep. at Phillip Island yesterday. Castlemaine is one of these rural towns in Victoria. About an has, hour away on the train, hop on the train, hour that, and a half. Yep. I reckon if that. All of these towns are so reachable these days. It's a, it's a glorious place to go, yep. especially on a Saturday morning. Get yourself a jam, get yourself a chutney, get yourself a... 
a bacon roll, if that's your persuasion. If you're vegetarian, get yourself a halloumi roll. I'm sure they've got both there. Sure. I'm one of those. So are you. I reckon uh, like a spiral sponge with some jam in it. I think go. they'd have those. And you can get yourself a Greg Chappell puzzle as well, as Francis Leach did this oh. morning, the, the harsher Beauglay of Triple J, uh, when he was at Castlemay Market this morning. This is That is that was a very convoluted <laughs> lead-in. Is it a puzzle? Is it a picture of Greg Chappell? Yeah, on the front. Okay. On the right. front. It, it's Not glorious. like a Greg Chappell cricket centre where it's just named after Greg No, no, Chappell. no. This is a picture of... I mean, it's an 80 style... It, it's great. I, sure. I, I, shirt I, on, I might, shirt off. Uh, clobber on. Clobber on. Clobber on. Kit, Old like boy in. Kit. Yeah, everything's okay. in. Everything's okay. where it should be. Sure. Okay. okay. But like wearing cricket whites. Uh, yes, Greg, wearing the Greg, whites. Not the tone. Like Coley did to the yeah. press conference at a... At a where were we? Durham Charlotte, the yeah. fourth test of um, 2017, when he wasn't playing. John Terry-esque went into the press conference in his whites. Right. I see. I see. I see. So not Tony Gregg in the jock strap. No, sort of no, no. Okay. That's right. A puzzle. No if you have a puzzle of that, you know, drop me a, a line in the DMs. <laughs> now, the final word Hall of Fame, where we pick the most final word moment of the day. Adam, it can only be one thing. Uh, it can only be that one of our colleagues, while taking a wander <laughs> underneath the stadium, out the back here, stumbled upon a little something a little, uh, a little vehicle, and sent us back a picture, and we said, we need to go and check this out. We found the Modi-mobile stashed away yes. under the concrete concourse we here. We did. And every touring Australian uh, journalist here went down to have a look for themselves. It was worth it. The, the vehicle has since been moved. There was an embargo on the photographs until about now, so we could record in there. Unfortunately, it has been posted, and thus the car has been taken away. I'm going to find it, though. I still plan on... Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure this is the kind of thing Ravi Shastri can do. He said, well, you want the car? We'll get the car. <laughs> you know, he's that kind of guy. He's a mover and shaker. We do want to get the car back to Australia eventually with the other Batmobile that I own. Oh. One thing might lead to another after this. Um, a lot of people back in Australia are wanting to chip in and be part of it and um, th th where there's a will there's a way and we'll drop a couple of photos in over the top here so you can see Jeff and me and our colleagues in the Batmobile and waving to the imaginary crowd like the two Prime Ministers did on Morning One. I think I think you will be lucky to get it back to Australia because it is three days old and it is already falling apart. <laughs> so when we went down to look at it, it does not look, I mean, I'm not going to say it looked good from a distance, but it looked intact from a distance. Up close, um, it's all this kind of plasticky, like synthetic red carpet spread all over it and then just staple gunned the shit out of it they've just like there are hundreds of staples showing the bat and wicket things at the back are already falling off one of the bats is missing the stumps have come loose the uh the handle things are about to fall over yep. the whole thing is uh, to be frank a shit show and i'm amazed that they actually sent a couple of prime ministers around it yeah and it's it's like a golf it's not a golf cart body but it's one of those carts they drive through the airport to take elderly people to the gates it's like a long wheelbase golf cart i think it um, actually is the same car we saw on i think it's that golden <laughs> that tiny little golden yeah. thing i reckon they've tarted that up i reckon yeah. they've put the they've put the panels they brought on. it into the shop overnight. they brought it into the shop yeah i mean good from far but far from good right, that, right. that's what we're looking at here but it doesn't matter to me. Uh, the Batmobile I have is in pretty bad nick as well. It's a 1970 Valiant originally, um, which they did a similar thing with the panelling. So um, we're going to work on this on days four and five, and, and hopefully we can we can take it into our possession, not just for the final word, but for all of the people who appreciate um, the glorious absurdity that was morning one and, and the fact that yeah, and cars in cricket. I, I mentioned that yesterday, I think, on the podcast. We've got to have more cars in cricket. Mm -hmm. We've got to have more people driving around the outfield winning cars at the end of the summer. Right. I want, I want the Audi back. I, I want... I want, um, you, want a, you want a self-driving Tesla that you know that Jason Holder can get locked inside. <laughs> uh. 
and someone will have to come around and release him. All ahead of us. This has yeah. been The Final Word, day three at Umdabad. If you really like what Jeff and I do, patreon.com forward slash The Final Word. We have yeah. a story time episode that dropped in the podcast feed. I stress it every day. I'm going to keep stressing it because when we finish it's making these videos... It hasn't gone out yet. You haven't put it up yet? No. You're going to be putting it up pretty yeah. soon. Uh, it's, a, it's a very good episode. There are very interesting things in there. Mm-hmm. You can learn about Albie Hupkoft. Which, yep. which is worthwhile. Sure. A man who played one <laughs> test match in 1924-25, but a fascinating life. Fascinating story. Could he jump backwards onto a mantelpiece? Find out on the final word. <laughs> final word daily. Uh, Jeff Lemon, Adam Collins. We'll see you on day four. That's how a daily works. See you. Good night. Sorry if I ran into empty this, so you know what I meant here. I had to get